I'm gonna. I know I'm the only thing that stands in between you and being done, and I, I've got a sermon, and I was just gonna deliver it, but I'm gonna tell a story if that's okay. Uh, I remember, of course, Dad, the whole thing about having a car with a hitch. I remember that old gold duster when I was just a boy. My dad take me fishing, and pulling a John boat and an old gold duster with a hitch on the back. I remember the time we were, it overheated on the country road. I'll never forget as long as I live. We overheated on the country road, pulled over the side of the road, and filled the radiator with water out of the ditch. <laughs> I'd have never thought of it. But the story I remember, and my bro- my sisters, my brother's not here, uh, may, may, they may want to have a conversation with Dad afterwards. But I was in trouble for something. I don't remember what it was. I probably had been irritating Shonda because... She's my older sister, and that was my hobby when I was growing up. Everybody's got to have a hobby. And my hobby was to irritate my older sister. But I was in trouble. Uh, When Dad got home from work, Mama had me lined up for a whipping. And uh, she sent me and Dad into the bedroom for a spanking. And I don't remember, like I say, the, the, the exact context. I just remember getting in the bedroom and Dad saying to me, uh, I, I'm just going to, I'm going to hit the bed and you yell. And so he rears back and he whops the bed and I yelled. The problem, Brother Donnie, was I got into it too much. And I got to yell and Mama thought he was killing me. And she comes storming down the hall and we both got caught. Then we was both in line for a whipping. <laughs> so for the rest of y'all, you know, if you got, I, I, I got a whipping the rest of the time. That's the only time I didn't get a whipping. If you got your Bible, turn with me to Micah chapter 6 and verse 8. Micah chapter 6 and verse 8. Our theme for Father's Day is the list. Micah chapter 6 and verse 8, the prophet says, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, He has showed thee, O man, what is good. And what doth the Lord require of thee? But to do justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. Amen. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you for this time of fellowship, stories that have been told, meal that's been enjoyed together, opportunity to honor our fathers. And I'm asking in the next few moments, Lord, in just a very brief amount of time, you allow the word of God to be opened into our hearts and let it challenge us to be the very best that we can be for you. In Jesus' name, would you say amen? In 24 years of marriage, I've learned that there is a significant difference between what I consider to be a perfect day and what my wife considers to be a perfect day. Just so you know, my perfect day starts with sleeping a little longer than normal, then getting up and cooking a big, big breakfast. That's the foundation of a good day. Amen. I won't, uh, and I, I won't, when I'm cooking, I'm cooking enough, we're going to eat on it for the rest of the day. And from there, my, my perfect day can unfold any number of different ways. I, a lot of different things could happen as long as the day unfolds spontaneously. As long as it doesn't involve anything on the long list of things that I probably should be doing rather than having a perfect day. Amen. For my wife, however, a perfect day starts with waking up in the morning and making a list. As a matter of fact, she'll make that list before she ever even gets out of bed. 
she keeps a notepad by the bed just for that purpose to make a list. And that list contains all the stuff that we're going to accomplish that day. That's the foundation of a good day from her. Amen. For her, a good day starts with a list. And from there, the day can unfold in any number of ways. But the more things you check off the list, the better the day is. They say opposites attract, and with us, it couldn't be more true. But over the years, I've learned that, and I'd never admit her to, this to her, so don't tell her if you see her, but I've come to appreciate those lists. Because many, if not all, of the meaningful things that I've accomplished in my life are due to those lists. There's a whole lot wouldn't get done if she didn't wake up on a Friday or Saturday morning and start writing down the stuff I need to do. Because I'm real good at procrastinating. Amen? So you can imagine my surprise that when I began to study and look in the Bible that the Old Testament prophet Micah, when he began to contemplate what it takes to serve God, he compiled a list. Not only did he make a list, but he addressed that list to men. It's a perfect setting for Father's Day. Amen? Now, that list has long been recognized as the finest statement of practical religion in the whole of the Old Testament. Indeed, it stands as the motto of the alcove of religion in the reading room of the Library of Congress where it's inscribed on the wall. It's been called a one-line summary of the whole of the law of the Old Testament. So what does the list say? It simply gives three directives as a summation of what God requires of us in our day-to-day -day living, do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. This, gentlemen, is the most important list that you'll ever be handed. It tells you and me in practical, real-world terms what God requires from our lives. And so on this Father's Day morning, I want to take a moment and remind you of the list. Not the honeydew list, but God's list. The list of things that God wants you to do. It begins with do justly. It's a brief command to simply do that which is right. Do that which is good. What does it mean to do justice or do justly? The Hebrew word is mispot and it has to do with uh, the law. It has both a negative meaning and a positive meaning. There's, it means not to do some things, and then it means to do some things. So on the one hand, it prohibits actions like bribery, theft, oppression, perjury, all kinds of dishonest behavior. But as much as it is a prohibit, pro, prohibition of certain activities, it also demands that we treat each other justly, that we stand on the side of that which is right, that which is fair, that which is good and godly. In other words, it's not just an admonishment not to steal. It's also an admonishment to be generous. It's not just a prohibition on oppressing the underprivileged, but it's a commandment to bless those who are cursed, to love those who are unlovable, to help the oppressed and lift up the downtrodden. All too often we focus on things that a, that a command like this 
prohibits us from doing. We, we focus on the things that it stops us from doing without ever considering the things that it demands that we do. But the command to do justly is more than a command just to keep your hands clean, to do right. It's a command to get involved. It's a command to be on the side of that which is right. Gentlemen, let me encourage you on this Sunday morning. Don't just focus on avoiding doing that which is wrong. That's not what he means when he says do justly. Amen. He means become involved with the community around you. Become involved with the people in your life. Amen. Jump in there and get your hands involved uh, in doing that which is right, that which is good, that which is just. The next thing on the list is love, mercy. The Hebrew word for mercy is hesed, and it, it has the basic meaning of kindness. It's regarded as an attribute of God and is the basis of, his, of the description of his acts of redemption or the mercy that he shows us. I want you to think about it for a minute. The first command was to do what you know is right. Do justice. Treat others fairly. The second command, however, goes further than the first. It requires of us to do unto others as God has done unto us. God, in his mercy, did not make us pay the debt that we owed. God, in his mercy, did not hold us accountable for all of our wrongs. God, in his mercy, went far beyond justice and judgment and met us instead with mercy and grace that we never deserved. So the second item on the list requires of you uh, not more than just to do justly, more than just to, to, to act, uh, reach the limits of the law, reach the limits of what you're supposed to do. It says when you get to that place and, and you fulfill all the law, then act out of kindness. Act out of mercy. Love like you've been loved. Treat others like God has treated you. Amen. When you reach the limit of justice there's still room for mercy. The command to do justly only requires of you to do that which is right according to the law. The command to love mercy pushes you beyond that into the realm of kindness and compassion that extends beyond the law. That's what God requires of us men. Do justly and love mercy. The third command is that we would walk Humbly with God. The command to walk is a command to live in a certain way. It's, it governs the way that I conduct myself. The word that is translated as humbly has to do with submission, behaving in an humble manner towards God, in a submitted manner towards God. The whole commandment carries the idea that you have to be careful to live the way God wants you to live. It conveys the idea of submitting yourself to him. In other words, the first two things on the list had to do with dealings with others. First, you were commanded to do justly. Don't transgress the law of God or the law of men. Do that which is right. Then you were commanded to love mercy. Go beyond the requirements of the law and your display of kindness and, and, and mercy and, and show your fellow man not just what they deserve, but more than what they deserve. But now we're given instructions regarding our relationship with God. Live the way your God wants you to live. I love the way that the text personalizes this command. 
We're to do justly. We're to love mercy. But we're to walk humbly with our God. It's a very personal thing. It, it keys in on the relationship between us and God. Because when, when, whenever God gets in the right place in your life, and that relationship is right, righteous living arises. All the do justly and love mercy comes from having a right relationship with God. When he's the center, when he becomes the center of everything else in your life, then all of your living will be governed by doing justly, loving mercifully, and walking humbly with him. That's a summation of the whole list. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly. I had a keychain and it disappeared. There it is. I got it. Praise the Lord, my precious helper. She was running. Do justly, love mercy, walk humbly with God. This morning we have a gift for every father, every man. Let me take that. We, we don't limit Father's Day and Mother's Day to fathers and mothers. If you're a man in, in this house, we have a gift for you. And it is a keychain that has that verse, Micah 6 and 8, inscribed on it. We want you to remember every time you look at this. also has a convenient little pocket knife and whatever. Uh, you'll, you'll find ways to use it, cutting fishing line and... And, and we may get a deer with it before it's over with. You never know. Every time you look at it, we want you to remember the list. But whenever you remember the list, I want you also to remember a simple story. There was a man, a very busy man, who went on vacation. And he left his assistant a list of all the things that needed to be done in his absence. And before he left, in an effort to stress the importance of the list, the importance that all of it gets done, he told his assistant multiple times, read the list twice every day. Read the list twice every day. So when the men, man returned from his trip, everything was a mess. It was all out of whack. Nothing had been done. He called his assistant and he said, what in the world happened? And the assistant said, well, I'm not sure what went wrong. I did exactly what you told me to do. I read the list twice a day. It's more important that you do what's on the list than that you remember to read the list. So every time you pull out this keychain, every time you see it, we want you to remember you got to put it into action. It's one thing to know the list. It's another thing to do the list. And I think it's very interesting that the list begins with an action verb. He says, do justly. Just do it, God says. If, if we aren't careful, we can become experts in knowing what is right without actually doing what is right. The list says that if you already know what's right, this is what God requires of you. Do justly. Love mercy. Walk humbly with your God. Do it, gentlemen. Would you stand with me? This is the way we're going to wrap this service up. I thank everybody who came out to be with us for Father's Day. I hope you've been blessed. But gentlemen, you are the leaders of your household. The reason it matters so much that men do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with God is that there are other people following you. You have a wife and children that are watching you that are following you. And if you live according to the list, 
then they too will learn to live according to the list. In light of that, I think it would be a good thing on this Father's Day morning to gather together as families and let's pray over the men and let's ask the Lord to strengthen and empower and bless them. I want to ask families to get with families, gather together. Amen. We're going to pray over our dads that they would find the strength and the courage in the Lord to live up to the list in every part of their lives. Would you do that if you, I know my, my, my dad and all my brothers and sisters kind of gathered up over there. My boys are heading this way. Amen. Brother uh, Anderson, Brother Ryan, they're getting together. Brother Tim and his family's back over here. Sister Eccles, you join Brother Donnie and, and Brother Larry and Brother Larry and Brother Dino are back there. Amen. Let's pray over the men. Amen. Let's